0: Tell the people what you're
1: here for. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Russ and Kayla Neese Experience. This is your man, Russ.
0: And this is your girl, Kayla Neese.
1: And together, we are the Russ and Kayla Neese Experience with our EP, Malik. What up, party
0: people? What's going on, Malik?
1: What's up, Malik? What up,
0: guys? How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you, Russ?
2: Doing good, can't complain. <laughs> that is good. That is good. What kind of weeks we've had? Ross, how was your week? My week was good.
1: Um I want to report to you guys that myself and my mom, we are gonna get our stimulus check via direct deposit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the direct deposit stimulus check it's the saga. The saga continues. It,
1: it is, you know. I had to go on the website, um, was irs.gov.org. Yes. Dot uh, gov. Dot gov. Pardon me, sorry, gov. And uh, I had to get this done. I was waiting, you know, like my mom had me waiting at the post office, I mean, at the mailbox trying to get the check. It never came. I decided to go online, get the direct deposit route, and there we go. Finally got it. Well, finally gonna get it. Didn't get it yet, though. Well,
0: so, I'm glad that you took my advice from last week.
1: Yes, I did. I did. Yep. I got I got involved with modern technology and I went online instead of waiting at the at the mailbox. Thank you on that Kay.
2: That's funny. Let me ask you this. Um when you get your regular tax returns, right? Does it you get a check or you get a direct deposit
1: Well, usually I haven't I got a, a, a refund before and uh when I did that I had it done mailed to me. So that was the reason why I didn't get it, you know, that's why I didn't, you know, uh get my direct deposit for the stimulus check, I believe.
0: So that's interesting. I'm wondering why people choose. For a long time, I chose to have my check mailed to me because I didn't want the IRS having my bank information Mm. because I thought that they would be able to go in and snatch my stuff if they wanted to. But I'm always interested in finding out why people choose to have their checks mailed versus direct deposit because direct deposit is so much quicker.
1: I think people like, I think like my mom, she likes the feel of that actual check, like she wants, she wants the feel of it. So I think that's why, you know, older people might be like that. So, uh, but that's my mom, that's my mom's sentiment and thinking on that and seeing, uh, the president's signature on that check.
2: Okay. But that makes sense for your mom, but you're not older, Russ, how come you was waiting around for a check?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I can, you know, I didn't realize about the direct deposit line, you know, that route. So when uh you know do the do the k talking to me about it just going on the website getting it done that way so just trying to get stepped up to modern technology <laughs> Thank
2: you. welcome to the modern age yeah you, you too can get stuff direct deposited to you <laughs> <laughs> right, so look, here's another question how you pay your bills you still writing checks out and sending cool. your bills out with checks are you doing it online
0: Emily, you get a little personal, man, about my personal business. But hey, that's and- not tr- that's not too personal, Russ. I'm, i I want to know. The people want to know.
2: Yeah, the man. people want to know, and I feel like I know the answer to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I do a combination of the two. Some some
1: areas I write out checks, and others I do direct them out of my out of my account. The money comes. All right, we're gonna get deeper. Do you use Cash App, Venmo, PayPal? <laughs> I do. I do have all of those. I do have all of those. Um. Methods of payment. And I wish I could have got my direct... I wish I could have got my stimulus deposit through my, my cash app. But I do use those.
0: All right, that's but good. Direct deposit cool. and cash app, they're the same things. Okay. They go in, both go into your account. hmm hmm So now I feel a little better, Russ. Damn. I don't know. I think Russ is the one going to Macy's, running and saying he needs to pay his bill at the cashier. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think he's nah.
2: writing a check and sending it out that way, snail mail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've done that too, a number of my bills. I've done that too, but you know,
0: they're getting your ten twenty right at the post office for that book of stamps every month. That's how much it costs, right? Ten twenty.
2: I have no idea.
0: I can't tell you the last book of stamps. For well, book me. of stamps, yes. Book of
1: stamps. FYI, book of stamps are eleven dollars even. <laughs>
2: With the increase, with the increase, the postal increase.
1: Yes, yes. That's
2: right. I'm aware of that, yes. So I got another question for you, Russ. You just posted something about you were in a dilemma whether you wanted to watch um, God Friended Me versus The Last Dance. I saw that. Yeah, so what's going on with
1: that, Russ? Yes, the my God Friended Me is the season finale. It's going to be on for two hours. So here's my dilemma. Do I watch God Friended Me for those two hours, and then again, come in late for the last dance? Or, you know, what do I do? That's my dilemma.
2: Okay, I hate to do this to you. What you got? you have a DVR. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say the same thing, Malik. I was gonna say the same thing. There is no dilemma. Welcome to modern technology. Exactly, <laughs> Like, what's going on, Rich?
1: I gotta check, I gotta check my, uh, I gotta check, what is it, uh, what do I have, Spectrum? I gotta check and see if I have a D- DVR. Do I have Spectrum, you got have Spectrum, do they have a DVR component? Yes, of course it? they do. <laughs> they do? They do. All right, I'm good, I don't got no dilemma, all right. Hey, you gotta good.
3: check
0: if it's a part of your package. I can't tell you that because I'm like, you know, some people on the the technology savvy, but also budget savvy. And I don't have cable. So,
2: yeah, extra like five dollars a month to get DVR. We can record programming. Russ, you don't have this issue. You can fast forward through commercials. You know, what? Russ needs a woman. <laughs> <laughs> do all that. Wait a second. I need to help about you. Yeah. Oh, man, I know
1: I could do it. Okay, now I have no dilemma. Appreciate that, Malie. All right.
0: He needs to go on the YouTube videos and and practice a DIY. You can find anything that you want to learn about on YouTube. But you watched The Last Dance last week, right? You were talking, hyping it up, so I can understand your dilemma. Mm -hmm. So were you impressed or...?
1: I was impressed by The Last Dance. You know, I was very impressed by The Last Dance. Episode one and two... A couple of takeaways from the last dance is, the breakup of that dynasty was by the general manager, Jerry Krause. I had no idea. I thought it was the players, but the general manager broke up that dynasty. And, uh, you know, really talked about Michael Jordan, like his story, his background of his story for these 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 first two episodes.
2: But I was very impressed. I was very, very impressed. So, you know, what? I like the origin story. I like where Jordan came from. How did he get that competitive edge? Mm-hmm. Playing against his um, brothers, older brothers, Larry Jordan. They were real competitive. who right. wasn't like the best in his family at that point. But right. he, he worked really hard. In fact, his father was hard on him. So that's what I was like. Yo, if you don't know the difference between a wrench and a screwdriver, you can go in the house and cook with your mother.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's I was familiar with that the yeah, backstory. Yeah. The back, you know of, um,
1: yep. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay. You know what's funny, also, Malik? I don't know if you noticed in the when the mom was talking about the dad, she referenced to him as Mr. Jordan. I don't know if you noticed that.
2: Yeah, no, I saw that. That's probably yeah, yeah. old school, yeah. yeah. An old school. Mr. Jordan,
1: yeah. 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 Seven. yeah. She was like, Oh, Mr. Jordan doesn't like this, or
2: Mr. Jordan didn't like that. I was like, Wow, Mr. Jordan, okay. <laughs> but you know what I think, though every good story and every good drama needs a villain and jerry krauts was definitely the villain of this story yeah you know and i don't know if he really deserved it you know like uh, yeah you-,
1: you know he did a great job being the general manager i mean you can't knock his you know his hustle what he was doing he got Scottie pippen in a trade he drafted horace grant you know and uh, like you said everybody deserves, you know everybody's going to be a villain in the story
2: yeah yeah
1: and, you know, the sad part, too, guys, is Jerry Cross is no longer with us, so Dead Man Can't Tell Tales, I guess. He can't defend himself on this one.
0: Yeah, Kate, did you watch, right. it? Did watch it? I did not watch it. did not watch it. Nope, I didn't. Russ didn't convince me enough, but <laughs> we'll see. I, I just like the fact in general that it kind of brings a refresher like it was so long ago that people have kind of forgotten about all of the things that went on like i told you i know about the michael jordan backstory i've watched a couple of documentaries on him and even movies on his life story and so i know his upbringing but i i equate that to i'm kind of growing up back in the day you know, and our parents really had high expectations for us, and had expectations that we would be better and and grow because they were under such oppression and things of that nature. So I just like the fact that they're going over his backstory and the fact that they're refreshing and teaching our young kids at the same time. So even though I didn't watch it, I don't know. Maybe you gotta I'll- watch.
2: Bro. you know you could de the artist, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I had two takeaways from it, though. The first takeaway is um, it kind of really reminded me of, like, that slave master, slave mentality. You know, you got this white dude who's controlling, like, these black guys' fate, right? So Jordan said something interesting. He was like, yo, as long as we keep winning the chip, we should get the advantage. We should get the opportunity to defend the chip, right? Right? But if you notice, he didn't have a good relationship with ownership and with management. Right? right. So, I mean, they used to, and like this is documented, they talked about this. They used to tease the GM, they used to call him Crumbs. So, you got this short, middle aged, overweight white dude yep. in control of all these black athletes, you know, and white mm-hmm. athletes too, right? But the majority of the team was black athletes. Yep. They were getting all of fame and notoriety. Phil Jackson was you know, credited with creating a triangle offense. And this GM, this short little white dude, you know, wasn't getting any credit. And he was pissed. He was like, all right, cool. Listen, you know, I could rebuild. I could do this again. Right? And history wasn't on his side.
1: Yeah, and his ego got in the way as well, you know. He was just like saying, you know, hey, I can. I constructed this. And, you know, no one's giving me any praise. You know, they praising Michael Jordan. They praising Scottie Pippen. But, you know, here I am. I'm and Phil Jackson, too. They praising Phil. Ryan right, and Phyllis well, you know? But that ego, his ego got in the way, I think, of of him, you know, just having his dynasty continue to go on. So he just, like, dismantled it. And he's, like, the main guy responsible for that. Because, you know, who's to say? They probably could have won eight or nine championships, you know? And uh, that would have changed the franchise. That would have changed the you know, way we look at different teams, especially, like, the Lakers, because when Phil Jackson left, you know, he, he went to the Lakers, and then he won three titles there. But if he would have stayed with the Bulls, they would have kept it intact. They might have won like nine, maybe eight or nine championships with the Chicago Bulls. So that could have been, you know, he kind of changed the face for two franchises.
2: Other thing people don't really think about with this is before Michael came into the league, this was a big man league. Right? Everybody was looking to draft that big man. I right? think, you right. know, Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, people like that. Sam Bull, Bowie got drafted before Jordan because he was a big man. Yep. Right. Jordan came in and transformed this whole the way we think about building championships. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. That was one of the takeaways I got from this as well.
1: Right. You know? Hey,
2: Kay, so, when you, hey, Kay, I got a question for you.
1: So, like, you know, I know you didn't watch the show, but like, were you a Michael Jordan fan? Like, when you saw him, like, did you, did you like, did you like anything about him? Did you think he was a good looking guy? I mean, how do, how do, how do women like watch, you know, like sports?
0: <laughs> well, those are two different questions. So I'll okay. answer number one. I was a Michael Jordan fan because I had grew up in a sports household, like I said before. So my parents watch sports, I watch sports, and I like even from Charles Webb to right, to like, you know, different Larry Bird George to Chris Webb Huh? Chris Webb. Chris Webber, to Larry Bird, to, you know, Dennis Rodman, like I watched them growing up. So when Michael Jordan came on the scene, he was not the big man or not a big name. And he came and just wiped everything out. He did amazing things. And so of course, I liked him for that. But as far as being attracted and stuff, I don't think women watch sports, like that you either like sports or you don't like sports or so you know what's going on and sometimes if you don't know what's going on it's confusing
2: let me actually do you or anybody you know on a pair of jordans
0: yes i own jordans and my daughter owns jordans and when my older daughter she was living here she wore jordans as well because that's what wait that's twofold though the crazy part about it is twofold Not only did they wear them because they were popular in school, they wore them because they were trendy. So not always necessarily because they wore, they bore the Michael Jordan name. It was just like, you didn't want to go to school and get picked on. Right. Like Russ said about the sneakers that the guy had, that the other guy stole from him. Mm -hmm. They were the name brand sneakers. So of course you're buying them for that. Yeah, I guarantee
2: you there's a whole you no know, generation of kids who have Jordans that have no idea about Jordan's legacy. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I, that was the takeaway from this whole thing. Yeah, that's a
1: good point, Believe, because I think the generation out of today, their hero is, you know, LeBron James. So, but like you said, this gives a better perspective of the man about the sneaker that you're wearing, his sneaker, the Jordan brand sneaker.
0: I think at that point in time, it was more focused on Jordan. But I think now you have your Steph Curry, you have your LeBron James, you have different people coming out with different sneakers. So the popularity is dispersed a little bit more than during that particular season, which this documentary is about.
1: Yep, And, And one thing there too, Kay, is if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, he's the guy that really started the signature shoe. So without Michael Jordan's signature shoe... You don't have the Steph Curry's you know, shoe and the, the, the Katie's shoe and all that stuff. So the guy, the GOAT, Michael Jordan is the GOAT, the greatest of all time to ever do it. So yeah. credit to my man.
0: Yeah, Jordan is the template that everybody's following now. Yep. He is the template that everyone's following. And so ESPN has a couple ways that you can stream it if you don't have spectrum <laughs> or cable and figure out how you can watch it. So. But you can DVR <laughs> it as well, okay? Okay, what you been up to? so i've been up to homeschooling we are back to homeschooling we were on spring break for a week and now we're back as most of the schools are and we are just trying to prepare for different things my daughter has an ap exam coming up and we are starting to weigh what is going to happen after school ends and even though she's a junior it's something that is going on in the nation because graduation is coming and a lot of graduations are now up in the air.
2: Mm. So, okay. How does that work? Uh, like she's obviously doing like online work, correct? Right. Okay. Is she working in her room alone or is she in a, you know open area? Are you helping her with stuff? Like how's that working?
0: So it's twofold. I say when you have younger children, You have to make them go sit down. And when you have older children, you have to make them get up. So it's a dilemma either way. And I know that I attend like a sister in progress, a a virtual group on Saturdays. And a lot of the parents were talking about the same thing, the moms. So, what she does, we have an office that I set up. And that's one of the things I've been working on creating workspaces. I got three now. Three workspaces in my house. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So, everybody got their own individual workspace?
0: Right. Because if I'm on a call and she's doing Spanish class, then we can't be together. Mm -hmm. What about you, Russ? Your daughters are getting ready to graduate and they're in school too. So, how are they dealing with this?
1: Yeah, my oldest daughter, who's a senior, she's gonna graduate from high school this year. And uh, it's been kind of tough because, you know, her prom has been canceled. You know, graduation is delayed. Um, you know, they, she just shared with me earlier how the senior class is taking a vote on how they want to have graduation ceremonies if they want to have it, like maybe the following year, what have you. So they just took a vote on that. So it's, it's really stressful, a stressful time uh, for my daughter. You know, she's not really, you know, because of her not having a graduation just yet you know, she's not really excited about going to college right now because she feels like she has to close out this chapter in her high school career. So, uh, you know, it's it's been tough. It's been stressful. But I've been keeping those open line of communications with my daughter on that because this is like a drastic time. So.
0: Yeah. So how does she take care of her work and your younger daughter? How are they addressing their work now? Are they online exclusively?
1: Yes, uh-huh. same way like how your daughter is. They're on online exclusively. So, yeah, they've been doing that. My youngest daughter, who's a freshman in high school. So, so yeah, they've been doing it online. And uh, they just came from break um, two weeks ago. So, they had their spring break. So, now they're back in the swing of things now.
2: So, let me ask you this. So, my daughter's in college. So, her online class is a little different. Like, they're there, they're it and she'll go and do the work, you know, at her own leisure. How does that work in high school? Do they have to, like, join the group to be part of class, to be marked present during the class, they can do it at any time, as long as the work is done.
1: Uh, In terms of my my daughter, like my youngest daughter, they gotta check in at a certain time. I think it's like 3.30, they have to make sure their work is in at that time, during that time, so, and I think they're, they're designated certain days of the week to check in with all their homework, so they don't have to visually be there that whole entire time online. That's that's how it is for my, for my daughters. How about yourself, Kay?
0: So for my daughter, it's different. My daughter has a similar college setup. So she has her work given out, let's just say at nine o'clock in the morning for one class, 1230 for another class, and it has to be turned in by the next day at that time. Some classes she has to attend, like Spanish. She can't just go in and do her lesson for Spanish. Her teacher wants them to have, I guess, a conference call once a week, and then they'll go over like different Spanish games, practicing, because they really need to practice the language in order to learn it. So she has that, and then science class, she can check in, do a Zoom call, and then check out so i have to make her check in because at first she wasn't going to school she says she dropped out <laughs> <laughs> she virtually dropped out <laughs> virtually dropped out <laughs>
2: that <was> funny.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey kate hey kate um as you know during this pandemic i've been studying spanish so uncle russ can help out your daughter if she needs it okay <laughs> okay.
0: okay she speaks spanish she just resists it but I know that, you know, for your daughter, it's going to be crazy because there are different ways that they're trying to do graduations virtually. And did y'all see the thing where some of the students are asking Obama to do like a general graduation speech and then they'll play that at the graduations?
1: Yeah, I, I saw that, Kay, and, I, and I, I had a conversation with my daughter about that. I said, hey, look. You know, would that be suffice for you if President Obama, maybe Michelle Obama, throw her in? If they had the commencement ceremony, would you be okay? So she co-signs on that. So that that would be a good thing if that can make, if that can happen.
2: Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, I'm in the graduation product space. So mm-hmm. I just know the conversations I'm having with different schools. And right now, depending on where you are and what region or the country you're in, um, like here in New York, schools are canceled for the year yeah right. schools have do not know if they're going to be allowed back in the building how kids are going to get their diplomas whether there's going to be a need for cap and gowns or not i know we're right now trying to find the yearbooks just to get them shipped out whether we're going to ship them to the school whether they're going to ship them to the individual students so there's still a lot of back and forth about that so how would a virtual graduation work? So we're, we're having those conversations as well. How would a virtual graduation work? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is uncharted territory. Nobody really knows what's happening. We haven't been here before. Yes.
0: So, you know, this is scary times. Yeah. So for the audience, Malik, tell them besides being the executive producer of our show, tell them what you do and your business. Well, okay. I you get all in my business. But I want
2: to come back, we basically do grad products. So, you know, we graduate from high school. We provide those cap and gowns, diploma cases, yearbooks, um, class rings, school apparel, the whole nine. So this pandemic has definitely affected my business. Fortunately, um, I'm not going to say we were prepared, but we're not really caught. We're not vulnerable. Let me say that. We're not vulnerable, mm-hmm. but um, it's, like I said, it's uncharted territory. We, yeah. we don't know what's going on. The schools definitely don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel for those parents out there. Listen, I was talking to an advisor and she was just telling me that the morale of these students, and we really got to take a step back and think about the morality students like. Senior year is like the biggest, you know, one of the biggest things students look forward to, right? It is a big accomplishment, right? They look forward to those proms. They look forward to the graduations. And now all of that stuff has kind of been taken away from them. Right. I've heard stories about, like, you really don't know the household that the students go back in. So some may be in a house where they got like eight parents, eight family members, like a one bedroom apartment right it's about quarantining with that you know, right they got to get up you know and find a safe space or just a space to do online work with schools that right. escape you know yeah. listen um,
0: and so i i would recommend for all parents to make sure that you check in with your children emotionally um check in with them physically try to set a little space for them even if it's a corner i have like a chair and a little fold-up table and a corner for one workspace and try to you know make it as accommodating as possible for them and just allow them to express themselves and their emotions as well you know But on a lighter note, there are some things that have been distracting us from them, and you participated in one this week, Malik, right?
2: Yeah, I did. (laughs) Besides working and trying to get through this whole thing, you know, um, you gotta find time for like lighter moments. So the versus battle, I know we've talked about that in the past, but did you guys check out the Teddy Raleigh versus Babyface battle?
0: Yes, when they could get it together. So what day? Saturday or Sunday? I mean, on Monday. Both days. Both both days. Yeah, I was time. sitting there. I was sitting there in the studio with Teddy Riley while he couldn't get it together. <laughs> they couldn't get Babyface to pop in. I was there.
1: Exactly. It looked like Teddy Riley. He had his like sound stage together. He had his organ. He had his microphone. He was like
2: already. He was ready to perform. It looked
1: like he
0: was doing the most. He so, was doing the most. Yeah.
2: What? Well, here's what I found out. So saturday right when last saturday right when they were originally supposed to do this teddy also has an online site his own online site so he was streaming the battle through ig and also through his own site and on his own site the music the sound was perfect but it was creating an echo on the ig site right so that's what we heard Mm -hmm. you know um so they finally got it together. If you saw Monday, he had stripped it down. It was just him in the studio with a computer. Right? Right. He was like, okay. "Cause he like the memes got him." <laughs> 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 it's like we know you're a legend, crazy, but we gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> so he learned his lesson. On Monday, he came back. He was you no, know, the sound was better. I feel like they got to like 17 songs each, mm-hmm. and then yes. for whatever reason, IG now at that point. Instagram Live was having an issue. They couldn't handle the traffic.
0: Right. There were
2: 4 million people. Think about that.
0: Yeah, Listen, 4 it million
2: people. Off. They shut the internet down. Exactly. It got to a point where we were watching it in my house, right? And we couldn't get on through our phones, right? You had to actually go on through a, hard, a um, laptop. Mm-hmm. So that was the only way you were going to access this, you know? But right. like, okay, 4 million people later, you know... Listen, we know now why they're legends. You know, Teddy and you no know, Babyface are legends.
1: Yeah. And you know what, guys? I want to ask you guys why you guys are here. Like, you know, they they played their songs and like like one of these songs here, that song right here by SWV went up against Love Should've Brought You Home. Who did you guys have winning that one in that particular song battle?
0: Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton? Yeah.
1: yeah. Who you who you like on that one, Kay? I'm gonna
0: say Tony Braxton.
1: OK, I say Tony, Bra- I watched well, I, I say Babyface as well, Tony Braxton. What about this song, Make It Last Forever by Keith Sweat and As Soon As I Get Home by Babyface? Who you, who you got for that one? Keith Sweat. Yeah, Keith Sweat?
0: Keith Sweat, um, definitely. I want to Oh, come on. And it's been remade. I mean, come on, Make It Last Forever? That's a classic. But as soon as I get home, I'll pay your rent. No. I'll I cook I your dinner, too.
2: Mm-mm, make it last forever, yeah, whatever people, it is. People always saying, like, who won this battle, and really the audience won. Yeah, because the like, these are all classic songs, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to really kind of pit them against each other, right? You know what happened? Um, this Friday, um, Jermaine Dupree and Dallas Austin did something similar, it's not called verses. What they did was they played their hits, but then they explained the story behind it, how they wrote. The hit. What's the inspiration behind it? I like that platform a little better because this song you didn't even know that they wrote, and then they told you the backstory. You're like, oh, right?
0: Okay. You know, it's more meaningful that way. Mm. I think so. I also think that it allows older artists to research themselves. You know, they're already legends. You have heard so heard so many samples. Of their music of different things they produced and different things like that but you don't know the source and you don't know where it comes from so to have them be able to explain that and kind of research themselves like telly teddy riley with all of the memes and different things like that he has definitely researched himself
2: yeah his internet followers have gone up as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: this stuff is streaming now like title and apple music and spotify Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I mean, listen, it's a win for everybody. Let me it ask is. you
1: guys. Let me, let me ask you guys a question. Who would you like to see in the next Versus series in terms of producers? Who would you like to see? Because there's only there's only one answer for this, guys. Oh,
2: what you got, Kay? Which I don't I'm know. Got somebody in mind, and he us to think. He yeah. I'm
0: like who? <laughs> I mean, one. I like I like the Swiss beast and Timberland. I like that. Um, I definitely did
2: it. Yeah, no. Here's what I'm going to say. I think the Versus Siri has outgrown um, Instagram Live. So if they're going to do it, it should be on, like, the Revolt Network or take it some form. Yeah, they did. They Like, I get it. It's free. No one's getting paid for it. But I think Teddy and Babyface have shown you that you can't accommodate everybody on IG Live. So to answer your question, Russ. Okay. Puff and Dre. God damn it, Malik! Puff and Dre. Throw
1: my thunder. That's exactly who I was gonna leave. That's that's the one. What you think, Puff it's and Dre? One? Dre, yep. Puff and Dre. That's the one. That's the only one. That's the one.
0: Well, and I mean, that's, that's the one that we haven't seen
1: thus far. But that's that should be the next one. Again, uh, you know, back in the days, you know, that was a heated few. West Coast, East Coast. You know, I'm sure all that stuff oh, is definitely. Up, you know, but. That's the one to see. All the hits of Dr. Dre, all the hits of Diddy. That's the, bi- that's the battle of the titans right there.
0: But Dr. Dre has written so much for so many people. Did There's he so many songs. Yes. Well, don't sleep
2: on Father MC. You forget who's yes. behind that. You know who Father MC is? Yup. Treat him right. Yeah, there you go, right. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, Mary whole work. Jodeci, come on. Yes, (laughs) That's the battle right there. But it has to be on revolt. It has Mm -hmm. to be on revolt. So let's change the subject briefly. The other thing that I've been doing is um, online classes. Like, so Harvard is offering online classes and some of these classes are free. So I, you know, recommend people check this out. So I've been doing that. I've been like sharpening the sword just so when this whole thing is over, you come out with a whole new skill set Yes. Come out ready to kind of take advantage of the opportunities that this is going to present. Mm -hmm. I definitely recommend that the Harvard online classes.
1: So we're talking about the PhD EP. That's (laughs) coming up, huh? (laughs) I love it, Malik.
0: Well, I think that a lot of places are offering online classes now, webinars. I did a webinar on finances. I actually did two through one through the credit union and one through my one of my financial vehicles, which is Vanguard. And so I think that just increasing your knowledge on whatever skill set you would like to expand on. And I had someone even say that they were like braiding their kids' hair and they were like, okay, at least braiding is one skill set that I'll have whenever this quarantine is over. So sharpening those swords.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's the other thing too. You gotta think about
2: um What's gonna happen when we do? You know, get a chance to come back out the house. I, for, I know me. I'm waiting, All right? You go out there first. Let me see what happens to you. <laughs> I'll be very cautious. Be very cautious.
1: Yeah, you know, like the handshake is gonna be an outdated thing. The brother Dap is gonna be outdated. Probably hugging is gonna be outdated. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna. It's
0: gonna and be I'm crazy. sad because I'm a hugger. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We can give you a virtual hug, okay? <laughs> That's what I've been doing. I've been sending tons and tons of them. Virtual hugs. Them. Yo.
2: And look, we're not going to talk about this today but like hopefully next week we could probably bring this back. What happens with dating now? Mm-hmm. Right? You know those people quarantining alone, like how you date? How you actually, you know, talk to other people? Right? That's I'm I'm really interested in that. Like what are people doing? Like I'm married. I'm here with my family. You know, are you addressing that question to me, Malik? No, 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 no,
0: no, no. Okay.
2: We don't got to get into it now, but think about it. We'll come back to that. But okay. I
0: want to give an example um, for you, Russ, and for those out there that I saw Tiffany Haddish and Common go on a bubble date. It was a virtual date that they went on, and that was another way that they could connect. Yeah, they went on a virtual date. Wait, wait a bubble a- What is that? I think it's called Bubble or something. Uh-huh. It's like a, a platform, almost like a virtual, okay. you know, platform. What What are the dating sites? Christian oh, Mingle. It's, and... it's an app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they went on a virtual date, but just the example. So they went on a virtual date. They both ordered food or common ordered food for Tiffany and had it delivered to her through DoorDash. They both ate and then they watched the same movie on Disney Plus. And then they had conversations. She dressed up in her black dress. He got dressed. And so then they said that they would do that again. So it was an example, but it was really good. What so you, you think, mean, Russ?
1: So you mean to tell me, Kate? So if I go on bundle, I have a chance to meet a Tiffany Haddish? So if I do, I'm on there. I'm I'm for it. I need to get on there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But gotta talk stay in about
2: weight class. Russ gotta stay in his weight class. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you can't come in and immediately go to like a Tiffany Haddish level. You know, you gotta start you gotta start right. slow. Am I in
1: my standards are high, there, Malik. You know, I'm I'm shooting for you know for Ivy League, man. I don't come in there as a, a as a guy who just got his GED. I'm shooting Ivy. Know, right. know,
2: now we know why you sing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she might like you, Rush. You' nice, and you have new knees.
1: Can just start thinking think of some nice things. I appreciate that. And
0: <laughs> you are a conversationalist. And you got the podcast and different things like that so it might be interesting.
1: I can make a laugh too.
0: You saying make Common make got locked back? <laughs> <laughs> common got some competition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, Calvin, yeah, Common man, he's a guy who he's, man, he's dated a lot of a lot of pretty young ladies and you know throughout his heyday.
0: Common I mean, is smooth, I tell you that much. So this is where I'm going
2: to like step in and like change this because y'all now talking about comment and who he's dated. <laughs> All right, so who we got coming up? Who we interviewing today?
1: Uh, yeah, on, up next, guys, up the, after the break, we got our guest, uh, Mr. Brian Snowman Snow. Uh, he's going to talk to us about his passion of being a broadcaster. So stick around for that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. <music> Welcome back to the Russ and Kalanese experience. Well, guys, today we have a special guest. This guest is a sportscaster for well over two decades. He's the host of Snowman in the Morning podcast. He's about to take over digital media. We're going to talk to him about that. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Mr. Brian Snow, a.k.a. the Snowman, to the
2: Russ and yeah!
3: Yay. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's an absolute honor. Hey, snowman,
0: how you doing today? It's nice to meet you.
3: Nice to meet you. to meet uh nice to see all of you guys. Thanks for having me. No problem.
0: No problem. <laughs> so, we're going to jump right into it and tell the audience basically where are you from originally?
3: I am from Chicago, Illinois originally. Oh, and right. I no, I'm, no. On, I'm on the, I'm from the South Side. I'm a born and bred.
2: South side of Chicago. Okay. All right. Nice. Funny. What high school?
3: Finger High School, 112th and Walla.
2: Cubs fan or White Sox? I'm all
3: White Sox. I'll answer that question now. <laughs> White Sox, huh? Since the days of Greg the Bull, Luzinski, and Ron Kittle, and those guys. I know, players.
0: that's right.
3: I'll give you two of my favorite White Sox players of all time and they both played first base. Paul Canerco and Frank Thomas.
0: Wow.
2: The,
1: the big hurt. The
2: big hurt. big hurt, exactly, right?
1: He does a good job with those commercials now.
3: Yeah, he does. Yes. Yeah, he does.
2: <laughs> hey, so
1: Snowman, did you grow up playing sports as a kid?
3: Watching them. I tried playing a little bit, but I figure I do better in the booth and not on the field. But mm-hmm. uh, the first sport I ever loved was uh, baseball. And that's because my dad and my granddad got me into watching it, and those are the two—they're re- the two reasons I'm a White Sox fan to my heart.
0: Oh, oh so you grew up in a sports household like myself?
3: <laughs> you get the idea.
2: <laughs> so, at what point did you decide you wanted to be a sports um, caster? You wanted to be a broadcaster?
3: You know something? It's a weird but funny story how that happened. Um, I was 10 years old, I was at home, and two games happened. The Bears were, and I had, and I know I'm dating myself here, I had a 13-inch black-and-white TV with a little hole in the side of it for the headphones, <laughs> and headphones, and a bunch of my friends came over and they wanted to talk about something different. I wanted to watch the football game, and they were playing this in the Silver Dome. I stuck the headset into the uh, television and acted like I was on the air. And I turned around, and my room was silent. And my friend, we got two choices. Either listen to our in-house announcer or try to listen to the guys on TV. And they all looked at me and said, uh, yeah, we're listening to you because of what you're talking about. Gotcha.
2: (laughs) So who was that sportscaster you grew up idolizing? Who
3: did you want to be? Jim Durham. Former uh, Bulls voice and Um, Jim Durham and Johnny Kerr got me ready for Bulls basketball every time I listened to them, be it on the radio or um, on television. And at that time, simulcasting was big, and the Bulls were on Sports Vision. And the time I really got into it, um, their radio station was WMAQ, 670 AM, and I was glued to the radio and I was glued to the television. So if I could point to anybody that gave me the bug although i'd meet quite a few later it will be jim durham
2: mm. so did you go to college to become a sportscaster
3: oh well i started college and this is one of the funniest stories ever but it what it's what got me started i was at chicago state university in 1995 and um a friend of mine had checked out a camera and he and I asked him, can you attach a microphone to that camera? Certainly. What do you have in mind? I said, I don't want to try something. And I was already dressed. I had a shirt and tie on because I had another uh, project to do. And I'm the coach for Chicago State men's basketball with a fellow named Craig Hodges. Oh. And we got permission from him to film up on the balcony and only having a roster and just a few notes in my head. They were playing Northern Illinois that evening and that was my first broadcast.
1: <laughs> hey, so Snowman, I, I know that you're you're celebrating a milestone here in terms of a sports cast, right? So how, how long have you been a sports in the business?
3: Beginning in August, it will mark my twenty fifth year in sports casting.
1: Congratulations
0: on that. Wow, congratulations.
3: Thank you. Thank so you
0: so sportscast all throughout college and then just continued that, or did you do something different after college?
3: <laughs> I, I've always been one to try something different. And uh, a partner of mine and I started broadcasting. You're, uh, Malik, you're going to love this. We started broadcasting tape delay public league games from old Gately Stadium on the south side. And this is before they blew up Gately Stadium and put in better seats, better press box and everything. But, uh, yeah, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we were at Gately Stadium. We were filming. We were recording. I can't tell you how many audio tapes I went through at the time. And then I I used all kinds of tape recorders before I um, did my first live broadcast in 2004. I went through... The regular size tape recorders. I went through micro cassette tape recorders, a micro disc where I can just plug the microphone into the uh, plug the microphone into the disc player, and I just went through all kinds of stuff. And then we started getting the idea of recording it on our computer. And I said, "Hey, that's an idea," which explains the the, the setup that I have now with the mixer going into into the computer. And by the time 2004 hit and we really got an idea on how, and we got through um, service how we could get on air live, it was off to the races.
1: Hey, so Snowman, do you prefer like play-by-play or color? What, what type of?
3: Play-by-play is my thing. Okay. I love, I, I love telling a story. And um, when someone asked me that question before, they said, do you love doing play-by-play or color? And my wife heard that question, and I answered nicely, play by play. And she goes, "Yeah, because you don't know how to stop talking." And that was one of the first jokes she's at, she, she's made. But she' my biggest supporter.
0: Gotcha. After
3: we after we met, and she jokes with me all the time. But at the same time, when it comes time to get down to business, she locks in with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Snowman, I'm going to bring you back a little. You mentioned Chicago
2: State, right? I did. Um, my mother and my stepmother actually lived in Chicago for I want to say like ten years,
3: mm-hmm. and they
2: both worked at Chicago State. My mother, was, oh, my wow. stepmother, was actually the assistant director of the Gwendolyn Brooks Center ah, at Chicago State. Right, right, because right? you know how Key how was like the director. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's another fun fact. Um, she was good friends. What kanye west's mother
3: oh wow who also
2: taught at chicago state right you know and One my brother ran the mentorship program there he was mm-hmm. also in uh, um enrollment program ah okay yes, at chicago state so <laughs> yeah let me ask you this what's the hardest part about being a broadcaster
3: is it the travel like what is it For the most part, I've been a one man gang and running my company. The hardest part for me was doing advertising sales Mm. because even to this day and we're 20 years into the Internet stage, there are some companies that still don't want to jump aboard saying, oh, this will be on this will not be a good way to get our product product out to everybody because there were so many people and I lived in Indiana for five years. There are so many people that think, "Okay, if I use radio, your audience. Wrong answer. And I've had so much trouble convincing folks. Hey, if you go, if you go internet, you get a wider audience and you get a better uh, investment. And so to this day, I'm still shaping my game, figuring out what pra- what prices I need to charge. And one of the things that my wife got in my head, never, I'll never forget this. She just basically told me, "Look, you need to pay your business bills, and you also need to make money at the same time." Right self of what you're worth and you got so many years of experience in the game that you can charge whatever you need to charge to make my head sense Mm
0: -hmm. so you mentioned your wife a lot is she a person that's on your team and who else is on your team
3: (sighs) you're gonna make me blush you know that (laughs) (laughs) when I met my wife two years ago and we started dating I knew it then that she'd be my one and only because she's a football fan like I, but she doesn't like other sports. But at the same time, she'll be one of the first one to ask me, do you have any games this week? Did you put them on the calendar? If you forget to put them on the calendar, they won't happen, which is so true, given all the things that I do now. And. This bad boy here has saved my life on a couple of occasions when I thought I'd have a game and I didn't because they weren't on the calendar. But yeah, she's my heart, my soul, my rock, my everything. She's been there for me and with me. And to a point where if I go through a bad time, she's the first person I want to talk to.
0: Oh, that's a wonderful sentiment. I know all the ladies are blushing. They're like, oh, we need a man like you. (laughs)
3: Uh, Tell you a funny story, though. We were driving from Terre Haute to Michigan City, and she had fallen asleep, and I I was driving. And she sits up and looks at me and goes, what is wrong with you? And immediately my brain starts going, okay, what did I do wrong? And she starts laughing. (laughs) <laughs> she says, No, I don't mean it in a bad sense. I mean it in, Why hasn't anyone scooped you up by now? <laughs> I got to the stadium. Both of us were in the car for a good 20 minutes, cracking up, laughing.
1: <laughs> hey, Snowman, I've had the great pleasure of coming on your show, Snowman in the Morning, the podcast. And, uh, I really appreciate your candor. You know, we, we talked about it about, you know, we talked about depression. We talked about grief and everything. So I wanted to get your take, you know, if you would today on, on mental health issues and, you know, how people can succeed from that.
3: Well, first of all, in terms of addressing them, you got to acknowledge you have them. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, from personal experience, I didn't know I had depression. Yeah. And I also didn't realize my battle with depression started in 2007 and I kept thinking in my head why is 2007 so significant in terms of how I started battling depression? That was the year my dad died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And besides my grandpa, he was the closest family member to me aside of my grandpa and, and uh, my nephew. And then 8 years later I went through something no parent should go through, and that's a loss of a child. Mm. My daughter died in 2015. That's I didn't so realize how it. hard it hit me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when we when we were on the podcast, I know, you know, we were talking about Kobe Bryant and, uh, you know, situation yeah. with his daughter, how that hit home. And I know that hit home for you. Did, did you give yourself a time to grieve when your dad passed away or you think no. that would have helped you?
3: No. And that mm. was a critical mistake.
1: Okay. I mm. just
3: buried it and figured, okay, I just need to, I just need to keep going. And that's a critical mistake when you're dealing with depression or any kind of mental health issue, you have to give yourself time to grieve. And that's a lesson I just learned recently, because when I, uh, when I talked to my wife, how much I miss my dad and how much I miss my daughter, she looked at me and said, did you grieve over their loss? And it crossed me up for a moment. It it hit her right there. And she says, you never allowed yourself time to grieve their loss. Mm -hmm. That's how she was dead on right. Yeah.
0: And so you took that time for our audience listeners. You took that time, whether it was then or now, you took that time to really visit that, really hone in on that and give yourself that space to attend to your emotional needs so that you can continue to be successful. And that's wonderful. We congratulate you on that. And then we're also sorry for your losses, you know, cause any loss is hard, but those losses, parents and children are especially hard. Yeah. But how have you seen your um, story encourage others by sharing it?
3: That's the thing, sharing it. That's the most basic thing. Sharing right. it to people who will or won't listen doesn't matter get your story out there. And I'm still telling mine. I know quite a few friends back home are still telling theirs. And they, they told me, you know, you've inspired us by sharing your story of loss. I said, listen, I'm still dealing with it because it's not a perfect, there's not a perfect way to grieve. And Lord knows I have, I have had my days and um, I still, I still have them. I still have them to this day. I'm not perfect, nor do I want to be perfect. I mean, especially when it hits men, it hits, it, it hits very, very hard. Any any kind of loss, any kind of loss of family will hit anybody hard. Okay? Mm-hmm. Allow yourself, and again, learn from my allow yourself that time to grieve. Because there are some days where I can honestly tell you, I don't feel like getting up or getting out of bed because their thoughts really consume me. That's a mistake because you gotta allow yourself that time to get to it and get through it some days are harder than others
2: mm-hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that man it's very brave to yes. be that transparent a lot of people you know will be will shy away from that
0: so mm-hmm. thank you for that
3: yeah thank you guys for allowing me to be
2: yeah yeah Let me you and it's a good.
0: journey you it know is. it's definitely a journey and something that you have to go through that process mm-hmm.
3: it's a process it's a it's a process and a half mm-hmm. and there are nights I can tell you before I fall asleep, I will just sit up and and talk to my wife and just imagine what Donna would be doing Donna's my daughter mm-hmm. what, what she would be doing at age seven if she was here mm-hmm. all the things that would be would be happening and one day i looked at uh i looked at my wife and i told her i know my daughter would have adored you had she had the chance to meet you Mm. and i mean every bit of that not just my daughter but my dad yeah you know those are my two biggest connections and in spirit they and in spirit they are here Mm -hmm. because i get messages from them all the time when i'm for lack of a better term, having a fit <laughs> because <laughs> the, come on, there are some days where you just don't feel like moving. Right. And your inside is, is just going completely off. And you're like, okay, what do I do to break out of this funk? And then the mm-hmm. person that you missed would come down and speak to you. I'm like, when well, you get out of bed, man, what are you, what are you trying to do? Right. I've had and, send,
0: that, and send you that message.
3: I've had that fight for eight years now. For actually longer, because going back to my dad, losing my dad, uh, he'd have been gone 13 this June. You know, every day for 13 years, and then um, the five years since my daughter died, it's been a fight and a half. Uh-huh. It's been a fight and a half, because no parent should ever have to go through losing their child.
2: Yes. No one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, did you fall back on work? Was work, like, one of the ways you grieved, you got over it? yes yes Yes.
3: definitely yeah because when um the weekends in seven i had to announce some baseball some baseball games and for once i didn't want to but uh one of my dearest friends pushed me and said you need to be out on the diamond you need to be in the booth and the next thing i know i had um so many people coming over to me and offering a handshake and a hug and an encouraging word saying, we're here with you. Mm -hmm. And I still keep up with a lot of those, a lot of those kids today.
0: Yeah. 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 So I think, um, you know, that that you're speaking to people right now that are going through this time, especially during COVID-19 and we're losing Um, A lot of people left and right. And so just your transparency and your encouragement is going to be inspiration to other people. So for the audience. um, Definitely three things that he put in place was to one take time, even if that meant that he had to fall back from work. And also to get that support that he needed, like we talked about before and we talk about so often, Mm -hmm. but also to give himself that time to kind of recognize his emotions and kind of um, sit in that. So I think that we can take a break right here because I need a tissue. (laughs) And when we come back from the break, we are going to talk more about his life and uh, what he's doing now and how he has transpired and transcended to be an encouragement on and off the broadcasting microphone.
2: Welcome back to the Russ and Kayla Ness Experience. Malik, you had a question for Snowman? I do, I do. So Snowman, where are you based out of? Are you still in Chicago?
3: Uh, I am in North Carolina
2: okay oh Great. i was interested to know that too what <laughs> part what no, part no, this, no man
3: um henderson right down the way from durham
2: uh-oh you <laughs> know so interesting about this a small world my <laughs> wife's family is from henderson north carolina <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, done with you. <laughs> we're done with you that's seven degrees of separation yep. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> wait till they hear this they're like oh henderson <laughs> <laughs> it's like seven <laughs> degrees of malik means Exactly. that's right Like, what kind of sports are you covering is it regional is it national is it international what's your focus
3: a little of both A little of regional uh and national i do the national scene on my uh, sport but when i do play by play it's all regional oh, very
0: nice and what sports do you cover
3: baseball football uh basketball done a lot of volleyball and uh i even did soccer once and that was an experience
0: Oh, mm-hmm. well, my daughter
3: plays soccer, so I'm a soccer mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I I got to share the I got to share ball game one year, a youth baseball game. Mom was in the booth with me. The kid's mom was in the booth with me, and the kid hits a walk off slam. She looked at me with a straight face and said, "What just happened?" <laughs> Was she in shock or something like that, she or she just shock. didn't know? She was purely she was purely in shock because he had a bad day at the plate. He was 0 for 3, and then he walked off like that. She was purely in shock.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I know that all parents have to learn. I know that I had to learn about soccer. So <laughs> I am normally grew up in a household, football, basketball. You know, that was the household. When my daughter came home in the first grade and said, I want to play soccer, I was like, what? so i actually went to the library and got (laughs) books to figure out how to play soccer so you know how i
3: learned you know how i learned about soccer i watched a lot of indoor soccer back in the day Mm -hmm. and i grew up with the chicago sting i grew up with the baltimore blast the san diego soccers i learned all about indoor soccer and then i got an invite again, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be indoor soccer. This is going to be a cinch. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> because the next thing I knew, I'm sitting up and I'm going, how the hell am I going to do this?
2: <laughs> so, yeah,
3: so how about much time a
2: goes into you preparing for a game?
3: It depends because with football, it starts Monday and it concludes Friday because Friday with high school football, Games on Friday. Um, Monday, I'm getting coaches' interviews lined up. Tuesday, I'm getting stats. Wednesday, I'm putting my slate together. Thursday, I'm piecing together my pregame show. And then Friday, it's showtime.
1: Hey, so, Snowman, getting back to that call that you made in the booth, do you remember what your signature – did you have a signature call on that one, on that Grand Slam? (laughs) You got a
2: catchphrase?
3: I have a I have a couple of catchphrases, but for that walk off slam, all I said was, "Do you believe it?" <laughs> I, <laughs> said, you believe it? I, I actually said, "It's a goner," and "Do you believe it?" And I just sat there watching him round the base. Teams waiting for him at home. The visiting team doesn't believe what happened because it actually was part of a seven run ninth inning, and Mom, like I said, mom's in the booth with me, and we're just all there in shock going, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that sounds like a great moment. So now you don't have live sports because of COVID-19. So how are you coping? What are you doing?
3: A ton of his games in my library. I got a ton of White Sox games in my library and a ton of my own games in my library. And plus, there's a pretty woman in the. <laughs> keeps me busy so i'm good i'm absolutely good i do my show five days a week i have a lot of production and getting ready for season 25 i'm fine
0: so you myself, turn into espn with those older games
3: you know what i have the original broadcast on my computer all right because if it was a cbs game you know espn intercepted it especially now and they put that ESPN a bar across the bottom of the screen. The heck with that! I got the original games on my computer without the bar across <laughs> the bottom of the screen. I'm good.
1: There you go. Hey, so Snowman, you mentioned you have your show, Snowman in the Morning podcast. How did that come
3: about? A dare. A dare. In 2013 and Russ, I story with you. 2013 a bunch of us were sitting around talking sports. You know how you you would do in a high school lunchroom and everybody would have their opinion. And a bunch of us were sitting around talking sports and a friend looked over at me and said, you should get your thoughts on the air. I said, man, nobody wants to hear my thoughts. And she looked at me and said, I dare you to try it. I said, what? There's no way I could... And she did again. She looked at me. I went home and I slept on it for three nights. And I said, How do I do this? And of course the wheels got turning. And I said, Okay. Now you piss me off. Now I want to do it. <laughs> and when I and she was my first call. And I said, Okay, you dared me. October first, twenty thirteen is when I go live with my morning show. And that started it.
2: So this whole thing started on a dare. The empire started on a dare.
3: A dare. A dare. Did I play with the idea in my head? Certainly. And I'm thinking, okay, I have to go through this step, through this step, through this step. And then a dare got all those rolling at the same time.
0: (laughs) So since it started as a dare, how did you build your audience?
3: Well, social media has a big part in this. And I would just, you know, walk up in Chicago. I would just tell people, hey, this is where you can find my show. Give it a listen. See if you like it. And since then, it's created a month.
2: <laughs> so during your show, are you recapping, like, the days, the previous days' events? Are you taking live callers? Like, what's the structure of your morning show?
3: I'm not live callers yet because I'm actually doing a little bit of restructuring with the COVID-19 going on. Okay. But... Uh, when I'm live, I do take calls there are people that are so want, so wanting to call in and uh, see how my thoughts compare against theirs. But it's a lot of fun. I recap what, what went on the day before. I offer my thoughts on it. Some people don't like them. But you know what? That's what makes it so much fun. That's what makes it absolute ball to do.
1: And I, and I think Snowman, people tune in every Tuesday for Transition Tuesdays. For yes, yours indeed, truly, they do. Right? Yes, Shameless plug, right? Do.
2: Shameless plug. <laughs> <right>. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, and what's so- the hot topic? What's that one thing you could talk about that's going to get everybody you know, talking? What's that one topic in your area?
3: Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I figured that'd get a laugh out of you. And the second one, make it a laugh out of all of you LeBron James. LeBron James.
2: LeBron
1: James.
3: James. (laughs) You know why LeBron James is a hot button with a lot of people? Yes, why? I've been spoiled for 20 years with Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. My first favorite player was Julius Irving. And of course, the big debate now with the release of the first two episodes of The Last Dance LeBronomaniacs come out of the woodwork saying with all these memes and all these stats and saying, see, LeBron's better than Jordan. Okay, I have two questions. Why hasn't LeBron won six titles and why hasn't he beaten Stephen Curry three times?
2: <laughs> yeah, we had our own debate about the last dance. Before we do. I tell you what I think, <laughs> tell us what you think about the last dance.
3: I don't have to look at the last I lived it. <laughs> I lived through the. From 1985 through 1999, I lived it live. I right. mean, every broadcast, Dick Stockton and uh, Tom Heinsohn, every Bulls game on CBS. You know, Mark's part of the Bulls era when the NBA was on NBC. And God, do I miss those days. Yeah. I don't need to see a documentary. I live the doggone thing live.
0: <laughs> I second that, Snowman. I second that. <laughs> I love hey, it. I kid from Chicago.
3: Were you able to get Bulls tickets? Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding? If it wasn't a car or a bus pass, the hottest commodity. In, listen, three hot commodities in Chicago, a bus pass, deep dish pizza, and Bulls tickets. I say no more
1: hey so snowman you never snuck in man the the, uh chicago stadium like a lot of people have i actually
3: like i have instead of an orange jump shoot with cpd on it (laughs) (laughs) i actually like my life and if i were to try even during the early part of the jordan era we're talking 85 through 88 if i even tried to sneak in i was a dead duck Because at the time I was a child, (laughs) right? I mean, try to sneak in to see Magic Johnson play Michael Jordan. You think so? I don't need to watch the Last Dance. Lived the Last Dance. I lived the Jordan era when John Starks tried to make a fool of him for fifty-four points. That, of course, was nineteen ninety-three. Yes. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Um,
0: <laughs> Do you was, really have the T-shirt?
3: No, I don't have a T-shirt. <laughs> the best... The, the that best. dunk by Starks,
1: though. That dunk right on Jordan's head, him and Horace Grant.
3: Yeah, here's the problem. Michael got even. <laughs>
1: you, had, you had to rub that in, huh, Snowman? You know we're Nick to- fans over you, here.
3: You're done tootin' I'm rubbing it in. John Starks was so hype after the dunk in Game 2... He got torched for points. Matter of fact, with that series, I'll never forget an opening line in the Chicago Sun-Times after game three where um, I think it was Lacey Banks who wrote the following, and I quote, imagine Michael Jordan having a game where he went three for 18 from the floor, dot, dot, dot. Imagine the Bulls winning that same game by 20 points. Stop imagining. It happened. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so you've
3: been able to
0: see all of these players and interesting athletes. Yep. Who have you been able to interview or who would you like to interview out of some of the interesting
3: athletes if you do could? you really have to ask me that question?
0: Yes, I do.
3: Have, I'd love to have number 23 next to me for an hour. And even that wouldn't be enough. Right, but I do have a Michael Jordan story. His sons were playing. His son Marcus, his youngest son, was playing at Whitney Young High School in 2007. Second game of the year. I'm doing a broadcast. My partner comes in. We set everything up. and We get ready to go. Get to halftime, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna have time to run over and speak to Tanner, who was the principal of Whitney Young. Yeah. Then this six foot six inch smooth man with the bald head in front of this hand and shakes my hand because I was the public address announcer. And he says, he says, good job. And he walks off and I nearly faint. <laughs> I oh, got that's up.
0: amazing.
3: I got up straightened my tie. I went back to my, I went back to the table and Paul, my partner looked at me and said, you're not talking quarter. Are you? Nope. Now, you're not you're not washing that hand again, are you?
0: Nope. I, I was about to say the same thing. You didn't wash that hand for a week.
3: Nope. <laughs> when you get a hand, when you get a handshake from the greatest to ever do it, you don't touch it.
1: <laughs> hey Snowman, I, because I'm a Nick fan, I'm a, I'm a one-up you on my Michael Jordan story, because I too have a Michael Jordan story, all right? Bring it. Bring so it. I did, uh, my company did the the rings for the Jordan Classic. You know, that's the that All-American um, yes. high school thing that they have there. Yes. So we were able to present the rings to the to, to the Jordan Classic at the banquet. So we see Michael Jordan beforehand. So I go in there for a normal handshake, and yep. he gives me the, the brother man dap. He shakes my hand. He brings me in closer and everything. He says, oh, you know, I'm so glad you're here. We love the rings and everything. And matter of fact, when we're done today, we got a pair of Jordans for you.
3: Nice. Gave us some joy. Very nice. nice.
0: (laughs) So we're talking about all of this interesting career and the longevity of your journey. So in learning from the best and being able to stand next to and interact with the best in the sports arena, what are some things that you've learned from your career to become the
3: best in what you do? Be persistent, be consistent, be yourself. I went to Sox Fest in 2005 in downtown Chicago. One of my other favorite announcers is John Rooney. He's, he's now the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, but he was the voice of the White Sox at the time. My friend Barry says, I have a surprise for you this weekend. I said, it better be good, and it better involve food. He said, oh, trust me, you'll like it. Drove down to Sox Fest and we went into this ballroom. And I'm going, why are we in here? And then I hear John Rooney's voice, and I'm going, are you kidding me? And I actually got a chance to not only ask a question, but I said on the microphone in front of a room full of people that the best announcing tandem was John Rooney and Ed Farmer. Got a standing ovation for that. I'm a South Sider. I had to show him some love. And then I went up to John Rooney. Don't ask where this nerve came from. I went up to John Rooney, and I said, can I have your autograph on this baseball, please? And he said, Sure. So he, he gave me his autograph, and I'm telling him, you know, I'm going to do baseball in 2005, high school baseball. What's a great piece of advice you can give me? He said, be yourself. That was it.
2: So do you still get nervous when you have to interview some of these bigger athletes?
3: Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yes. I got ner- I did a game in Charlotte in March. Yeah. First person I run into, Sean Elliott
0: oh mm, nice
3: I had to I had to cover the game um Bill Schoenig, the voice the radio voice of the Spurs gave me a chance to do stats for him that night and I was running late because I had to find a place to park and anybody who's parked at a basketball parking can be a royal pain mm-hmm. I rushed into the arena I get to where I need to go they're showing me where I need to go and they show me where the radio where radio yeah, there's a six-foot-eight-inch guy, Sean Elliott, who I watched play in Arizona back in the day. And, of course, I had to fanboy out and get a picture. I had to get a picture with Sean Elliott. So-
2: Let <laughs> yeah. I me mean, ask you this. Um, sports is a lot of people's escape, right? Yes. What's your escape? Because you're in sports, what do you do for fun outside of your profession?
3: Well, let's see. I'm an old-school video game head, so I love my Pac-Man. I love my centipede.
0: I like Pac Man. I
3: got to have a little pole position. And one of the biggest escapes my wife gave me audiobooks.
0: Mm. We sit and listen to audio. Yeah. Audiobooks is a big one, especially for us that are on the run. Right.
3: Right. Hey, snowman. There have been so many times we'll take a drive and we'll think about turning on the radio and she'll pull out her phone and go, plug in the audiobook. Let's go.
1: Snowman, I could definitely see you re- being a reader for snow- for audiobooks. books. I- you got the voice, the chops to do I'm that.
3: Work- I am definitely working on that. I am definitely by. I think by September, I should have. I should be all set to do some audiobooks of my own.
0: So, one as we wrap this up, what is one piece of advice that you would share with budding sportscasters and broadcasters?
3: I'll leave y'all with this. Another Michael Jordan quote from his Hall of Fame speech. Limits like fears are often just an illusion.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that. I quoted that when I went to the Museum of Illusions, the 3D Museum when I was in San Francisco. Uh-huh. It's amazing.
1: Hey, so Snowman, how can our audience get in contact with you, man? How, how can they do that?
3: Snowman Digital Media at gmail.com. They can find Snowman Digital Media on all uh social media facebook twitter instagram uh snapchat and and pinterest to find me on on social media you go snw digital media snw digital media is how you can find me
2: all right excellent Excellent. there you have it
0: well thank you for joining us and just sharing your journey sharing all of the tips that you've given everyone and when we come back from the break
1: Welcome back to the Russ and Kay East Experience. Man K, the snowman. Great interview about him living out his passion.
0: Yeah, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about you know broadcasting and just the journey to get there and, and how he got there. So that was really, really interesting. And how long has he been doing this?
1: Uh, it's been over two decades that he's been a broadcaster. <laughs>
0: Wow. So that means that he's had longevity as well. So I know that you normally do your GPSs and people want to get into a career, but there's a journey going there and there's also longevity with it. Give them some GPSs so that they can achieve both for us.
1: Absolutely. So when you're, you know, making those steps, when you're trying to live out your passions, two GPSs I have today is GPS. Number one is be positive, stay positive in your journey. You know, when you're going through this particular journey, whatever journey you might be going through, there's going to always be negative voices out there saying you can't do it. It's going to be your job to drown out those negative voices by being positive and by staying positive in your journey. So that's the first GPS. Second GPS when you're when you're taking those steps when you're trying to live out your passion is enjoy the process. You know, your process probably is going to be a little bumpy here and there, but You just have to make sure you enjoy the fact that number one, it took guts for you to do it, it took courage for you to do it, and dedication, especially when you're trying to live out your passion. So take the time to enjoy the process. Hey, so Kay, you know, I know you do your motivational tips every week. I'm looking forward to listening to yours this week. What you got?
0: Well, before I do my motivational tip, tell them where they can find your GPSs so that they can go and explore a little bit more, and then I'll hit them with some motivation so they can get it started.
1: Hey, Kay, that's why we—that's why we work. That's why you and I are in sync. There, I appreciate that, Kay. <laughs> yes, you can find my GPSs just like the ones I gave out, and many more in my book, Transition Game Plan, in which you can order that on Amazon or uh-huh. Amazon.com, or you can always go to my—you um, can always email me at. Transitions at gmail.com to get your copy today.
0: Good. And so I'll give them a little bit of motivation so that they can get on this journey. I remember watching cross country runners and the cross country runners, they do not focus on the actual race. They focus on the endurance that it's going to take them to finish. So like you said, Russ, it is a journey. But it is a journey of diligence, it is a journey of endurance, and it is a journey that you will be able to look back and say, I made it across the finish line when you finish. So do not try to rush, maybe like the tortoise and the hare. Take your time, enjoy your process, but always, always continue, even when you don't feel like it, even when you feel like giving up, because it is a journey. And you will come out on the other side. So take the journey, but also be in the journey with endurance and discipline. And so you can find my motivational minutes, some more of this and some more examples of being in the journey as I follow my journey on Mapped It Out on all social media platforms. Where can they find you when we're not here, Russ?
1: Uh, yeah, you can always follow me on Instagram at our transitions with an S or you can friend me on Facebook at Russ Williams. And again, you can order the book transition game plan on amazon.com or you can shoot me an email at our transitions at gmail.com. You can do that to get the book. Again, how can they reach out to you? Okay, um, they want to contact you.
0: So you can find me on all social media outlets at MappedItOut, M-A-P-P-E-D-I-T-O-U-T. And then you can also go to my new website, Multidor, M-O-T-I-D-O-R.com, because we are doing consultations and you can set up a 15-minute free consultation to see how we can help you on your journey organize your life or even create a schedule for your homeschooling slash working from home. And if we are not at the places that we are when we're not here, where are we, Russ? We're right here on this podcast. And how can they get in touch with us through the podcast?
1: Yeah. And when you come on the podcast, again, you can always share with share, um share, you can always like, you can always um subscribe to the podcast and then you can always shoot us an email at Russ and Kaylanese at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-A-N-D-K-L-E-N-E-S-E at gmail.com. So we're looking forward to hearing from everybody. Just shoot that information to us. We'd love to have you aboard.
0: And we're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button and you join us every week so that you can continue on your journey. So take us out, Russ. Will do.
1: On behalf of Kayla Niece, our EP extraordinaire, Malik Means, and myself, Russ, we thank you for listening to the Russ and Kayla Niece experience, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. <laughs>